0: Right. Let's say it again together. Does Christ's death mean all our sins can be forgiven? Yes. Because Christ's death on the cross fully paid the penalty for our sin, God graciously imputes Christ's righteousness to us as if it were our own and will remember our sins no more. Okay. So that brings us to... Question twenty six. I got to reload this. (coughs) Refresh, recommended. Okay. What does that mean? Okay. Well, there it worked. It got it back. Just not up there. One second. The text has been pretty good on this, so can't complain. Okay, there we go. So, this is today's question. Question 26 What else does Christ's death redeem? Say it with me. Christ's death is the beginning of the redemption and renewal of every part of fallen creation as he powerfully directs all things for his own glory and creation's good. Hmm. This is a follow up question to 25, where we learned that the death of Jesus has redeemed us, it has saved us, it has rescued us, it has changed us, it has delivered us. And the us is people, specifically believers, those who put their faith in Christ. So when we talk about redemption, when we talk about the Redeemer, we talk about things that he made right that were wrong, We think of, rightly, our salvation. We have been redeemed. We have been fixed. We have been made at peace with God. But this question tells us more. And it's not something that we maybe think about as much. Not something that we talk about as often. And that is, what else does Christ's death redeem? So it's interesting. The sacrificial death of Jesus, His work on the cross, was not just about saving an elect group of human beings. It was actually about not only that, but redeeming all of creation. All of creation. So, we got a couple of scriptures and some quotes that I'll read to you, but let's just think of this Broadly, from a biblical perspective, in the beginning, you remember, God created, right? For six days, He did His creative work, culminating with the creation of the first man, the first woman, our greatest grandparents, Adam and Eve. But Adam and Eve weren't all that God created, right? He created everything else, everything else in the universe. And then God gave His commentary on everything that He created. Every step along the way, God would create something And then God would say about what he created, what? Do you remember that it was what? Yeah, it was good. It was good. It was good. And then when he creates the first man and woman, we could say the, the pinnacle of all his creation, he said that it was very good. So everything that God created was good. And then the scriptures zoom in on this picture in the garden where Adam and Eve live. And it was a paradise, Right. There was no sadness in that garden. There was no tears in that garden. There was no disobeying God in that garden. There was no unrest or anxiety or worry in that garden. It was a perfect paradise. And Adam and Eve enjoyed perfect communion with God. It was short-lived as far as we can tell. And then in Genesis chapter 3, what happened that ruined all that? Satan. He came and tempted Adam and tempted Eve, and they sinned. They disobeyed God. Now, here's the thing. When they sinned, that was a cataclysmic event. So we know that when Adam and Eve sinned, it separated them from God. And we know that it has separated all of us from God. And so Jesus had to come and redeem us and reconcile us back to God. But here's the thing: when Adam and Eve sinned, specifically when Adam sinned in the garden, it didn't just affect the hearts of every man, woman, and child that would follow, it affected all of creation. All of creation. The paradise was no longer a paradise. So it was a cataclysmic event. There was now death and decay in all of creation. There was destructive forces throughout creation. So you think of things like everything from trees dying to forest fires to tsunamis to hurricanes. Right? Creation. This is creation The Bible describes groaning. So everything was screwed up in the garden. Everything, including the garden. So that means that when Jesus, the Redeemer, comes back, He doesn't just fix people. He fixes all of creation. And this is what God is doing. And so it's an already, not yet. Things are already changed, but not completely yet what they will be. Right? Like we will be Perfect in heaven, but we're not perfect here. And God's creation will be perfect again in heaven. It was a paradise that was lost, but it's a paradise that will be regained one day in heaven. And so even that was the work of Jesus. So Jesus not only saved people, think of it this way, Jesus saved the entire universe. He saved all of creation. So that it will be put back to what it once was. Check that. Even better than what it once was. So let me read you a couple of scriptures. Colossians. Well, let's start with the one for our redemption. Titus 2.14. Who gave himself. This is about Jesus. Jesus gave himself for us. You and me. For us to redeem us. From all lawlessness or sin, and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, who are zealous for good works. And then Colossians 1, 19 through 20, it expands on the redemption that Jesus brings, not only for us. Colossians 1:19, for in him, that's Jesus, in him All the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him. So what does God do through the Redeemer and through him to reconcile to himself all things? See, there it is. It doesn't just say Jesus came to reconcile to himself sinners like you and me. No. Through him to reconcile to himself all things whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. So in a very real way, all of creation is out of, is out of step, is out of peace, is out of reconciliation with God. And the work of Jesus on the cross, the completed work of Jesus on the cross is not only for the redemption of human beings, but it is moving towards the redemption of all of creation. Admittedly, I don't understand this very well. I thought of that this week, that this is something I want to understand more deeply. I think I have a very superficial understanding of this. This is a big deal. What Colossians 1 is talking about is a really big deal. And it gives us the, just the magnitude and weight of what Jesus has done. John Bunyan, I would encourage you to go back and read the commentary with the New City Catechism. John Bunyan had some great things that he said and some scripture that, that he referenced, one of which we quoted today. But then there was another pastor, Vermin Pierre. And I want to read you some things that, that he wrote. Talking about the gospel, he said, it's an amazing, beautiful, incredible message. And at the same time, this redemption of human beings, at the same time, it is just the beginning of God's saving, redeeming, and renewing work. As we head deeper into the gospel, a fuller and even more glorious picture emerges. We see that God's saving of sinners was always intended to open up into a deeper, wider, all-encompassing saving of the whole creation. The saving of sinners is certainly at the heart of the gospel. It is the fountainhead. And from this fountainhead flows a mighty river, one full of redemptive healing power for every square inch of the cosmos. And then he says this. uh, Two things that this redemption of Christ has done uh, of all creation. Number one, it gives us hope about the future. It gives us hope about the future. All around us, we see evidence of the fall. Not just in our own hearts, but all around us, we see evidence of sin. Things like unjust social systems and moral cultural decline and terrible suffering and death. Think of everything sad that you see. You probably get sad about your own heart. Kids, the older you get, the sadder you get about your own heart. You may be sad about something that you see in your school or something sad in your neighborhood or something sad with a coworker at work or something sad you see on the news. We're reminded of these things all the time. And anything sad in the universe and everything sad in the universe is the result of sin every single bit of it can be traced back to sin. So the gospel message, Pierre goes on to say, in its fullest form tells us not to despair, but to have a sure and certain hope that one day all such things will be wiped away and replaced with peace and harmony with the, Revelation 22, 2 says, the healing of the nations. So everything is going to be put back. Everything is going to be made right. And that's the description. If you go to the end of the book of Revelation. It's describing paradise. It's describing a, 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 a new heavens and a new earth. Like this earth and like these heavens. But totally remade. New heavens and new earth and and a new city, and there's a tree in that city, like there was a tree in the very beginning. And some of you remember the story, and the streets are, are li- the streets are made of gold. It's this beautiful, perfect paradise, because sin has been abolished. But the greatest thing, the greatest thing about this place is that there's no more, in my opinion, I guess, there's no more sadness. There's no more sadness. God will have wiped away every tear. There's no more discouragement. There's no more sadness. There's no reason for discouragement. There's no sorrow. There's no worry. There's no anxiety. There's definitely no despair. There's no frustration. All of these things that we wrestle with now are only to be wrestled with now in this old heavens and earth. And it won't exist anymore in the new heavens and the new earth. And it won't exist anymore because Jesus came and he brought redemption and renewal of every part. Every part of fallen creation. And then second, this effect, he says, not only does it give us hope for the future, Vermin Pierre said, it gives us motivation in the present. It should motivate us now. The creation has not been abandoned by God. Creation has not been abandoned by God. It is not going to hell in a handbasket. Instead, through Jesus, it has been reclaimed by Him and will eventually, and we're told about that again in Revelation, and will eventually be made brand new. So again, all of that, this perfect heavens and earth that we have to look forward to, that gives us hope for the future, that gives us motivation to honor God in the present. All of that has been brought about by the death of Jesus. So let's say it one more time together. The question is, what else does Christ's death redeem? And the answer, say it with me, Christ's death is the beginning of the redemption and renewal of every part of fallen creation. As he powerfully directs all things for his own glory and creation's good. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you for this truth. Thank you for the good news that you are redeeming all things, that you are working for the good of all things. And that you are being and will be glorified forever. For those of us who have been distracted or caught up in the things of this world and have found ourselves discouraged or anxious from time to time or often, we pray that you would remind us of this truth the good news that not only have we been saved and forgiven of our sin, but that you have also, through the death of Jesus, begun a powerful work that is going to transform all of creation. So give us hope, we pray. Give us motivation, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.